Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hi, hi. What's going on, man? You know, nothing much. Just uh, getting ready. My mom's coming to town. All right. Sounds like fun. Can I come over? Actually, yeah, you could. All right. That'd bring be fun. Bring some cigars. Bring some bourbon. All right, man. Uh, I, I, How long is she in town for? Uh, two weeks. All right, cool. So you should probably come over every day. All right, I can do that. cigars and bourbon. Well, I don't want to take too much time away from your mom. I know well, you want to spend know, time with your but, mom. But I, I'll be praying with you okay. during that time. So right. It's, it's kind of a ministry. Uh, so maybe. But what about time with your mom? I don't. You don't. I mean, she's not. She's not like not here you all know, the time. The things of the Lord yeah. are are more important. Okay. Um, but he, you know, he tells us to honor our, our parents. So I'm mm-hmm. sure you want to spend quality time with so, her. So yeah, I'll have quality time in the evening. You know. Okay. And, all right. Uh, like when she's sleeping, and what? you're like. <laughs> You're like in the living room? <laughs> no, no, no. I was thinking, yeah, maybe. Dinner maybe time? Dinner time, like dinner, dinner time? Dinner time? All dinner right. time, you know, early early evening. Mm-hmm. I got that time. I got yeah. that time. I got, you know, I got work. I got jobs. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, wait a second. I'm sorry, Jimmy. Are you recording this right now? Stop. Are you really? Is, this, is it recording? Why don't you check for us right now? Why not, don't you, I want you to double check right now if this is recording. It's recording. Okay, good. Stop. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, the one time we had a great podcast Stop. going and you... I pulled a Dwayne. Yeah, you didn't record. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Joe was all mad. He's like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm out. Forget, Forget about it. it. Forget about it. I was it. not mad. I was not mad. Uh, what are we talking about today, man? <laughs> We're going to be talking about, uh, does prayer change God's mind? Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Does God, does, is God change? Does he change his mind after we pray? After we, I mean, it's a good question because, you know, you think about it, you're like, Hey God, sovereign creator of the universe, eternal being. I don't think you've thought this through. That's what you know. Like I think you need to reconsider what you're about to do, and do it my way. And then, like God might do something different, right? So, like we think we know better than God. Is that is that, is that what you're actually trying to refer to? I'm just saying, like you know, if if God needs to change his mind about mm-hmm. something, um, maybe uh, was he going to do the wrong thing, or I don't know. Let, let, let's, so, I guess I'm trying to understand, like how you're saying it is. Are you saying, uh, and maybe it's both and, right? Like maybe there's there's two different circumstances. One where someone is is crying out to God, hoping for a change. And then another where someone somehow believes that God is uh, not good sure, or not right in a situation. Well, I, know, I, I definitely don't think it's wrong for us to pray for things to change. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. Yeah. We all, I mean, we want our circumstances, circumstances yeah. to change. We want pain to be alleviated. We if need our needs we're in the midst to be of met, affliction, yep. longing of our desires. So, yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's, all, that's all fine. The question, I guess, really is, is... Um, does God change his mind? That's really kind of what we're getting at. And does, okay. does prayer, uh, does, does, does God respond to our prayer in such a way that, that he changes his mind, that he was going to do one thing and he had determined in his mind to do one thing, mm-hmm. but then in response to your prayer, he is now determined in his mind to do something different. Okay. Now, I see what you're saying. This gets complicated because, you know, we're talking about an eternal being. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the everlasting Lord who has no beginning and no end, who exists above and outside of time. Before there was time, yep. there was God. And now there's time and our, our, this, these finite creatures, we're all doing our thing down here and we're talking to God and there's this linear progression of things. And, you know, we're, 
we're asking God to intervene, to step mm-hmm. in, to do things. And so does we're not asking does do circumstances change? We're not asking do situations change? We're not even asking yet does prayer change things? We're asking does God change? Does he change his mind? Was he going in one direction? You prayed and right. in a way you intervened. Right. And then God says, "Oh, okay, let's 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 hop off this highway. That's sort of the question uh, for me. So let's first talk about prayer. We've talked about prayer before. Okay. Um, how do you want to? How do you want to set us up? Like, what is prayer in general? I mean, I would just say prayer is is uh, the crying out to God. Good, and you know it can be uh, praise. Yep, it can be. Um, uh, lament, mm-hmm. uh, it can be repentance, you know, prayer takes all of these, you know, different, um, forms at times, right? So crying out to God prayer, this, um, it, you could say that prayer is always an act of dependence on God because we are usually, um, confessing his greatness or relying on his greatness yeah. as we, um, find ourselves in particular situations. I'm sorry. I'm distracted by people outside. Who's outside? I don't know. It looks like Chris and Brian. Well, they might just be talking. We we had our no. It's Chris and Nick. Two of our CG leaders are outside cleaning up after uh, preaching lab. Preaching lab. Sorry. All right. So, way to serve, brothers. Way to serve. I like that. I like that. Well, we're in here recording. <laughs> we finished up. I set up, so I feel like they can they can tear down. That was fine. They've well, I mean, it's your event. I mean, yeah, it's not guys, my event. It's our event. Well, it's not, really, it's not really our. Event. It's, it's our event. It's everybody's you're event. Kind of in charge of it. What do you mean? Yeah, I'm in charge event? of it, but it's experientially. It's our. It's event. our. Event. Is it my church or is it our church? Or, well, yeah, it's, it's Christ. Well, when church. I heard you talk about it, you've said, "Yeah, when I planted." No, I never say that. <laughs> I know no. he's never said that. He no. always says, "When we." No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't do that. I don't. Um... All right, so I can't even go with that joke because I I feel horrible now. Um, so we understand what prayer is, and, and prayer sometimes, you know, involves this this pleading with God for what we need or desire. Sometimes, it, okay, what happened? Sorry, I got a notification. So, Nintendo NES. Oh, stop! Nobody cares. No, this is why we can't have a good podcast. <laughs> oh, this is how. I, okay, so uh, NES Classic. I bought two. Nerd. Whatever. Well, I have one, but I bought two. Yeah. One for some, fr- you know, some for friends and family, and I bought them. On so the day lame. that Nintendo announced that they were done with them, yeah, and the prices right. skyrocketed. Nobody cares. I was so afraid that uh, they would cancel my order because the prices have essentially tripled. But no, it shipped. I got the notification. All I right, was happy. Great. Keep going. Yep, great. Go. Well, you know, technology changes, but God does not. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when we talk about the uh, way to bring it back, the- <laughs> I'm very proud of you. <laughs> The immutability of God, that God does not change, right? Uh, We find this in in Scripture. We we, we find this in our our confessional heritage. Uh, Jimmy, why don't you look up um, James chapter 1, verses 13 through 18, and I am going to look up the 1689... On oh, I just went to 1689beard.com. That's not where I want to go. No. Uh, I mean, I do want to go there, but that's not where I meant to go. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm going to go to chapter two on the Baptist Confession. All right. Here we go. All right. Why don't you read that for us? Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. 
Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Yeah. God does not change. That's part of why we know how trustworthy he is. Right, he is trustworthy. He is mm-hmm. dependable. Um, there is no shifting of shadow with him. Yeah. Um, he is consistent. In the sixteen eighty nine chapter two on of God and the Holy Trinity, it says this: Lord our God is but one living and true God, whose subsistence is in and of Himself, infinite in being and perfection, whose essence cannot be comprehended by any but Himself, a most pure Spirit, invisible, without body, parts, or passions, who has both, I'm sorry, who has immortality dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, who Mm -hmm. is immutable, immense, eternal, incomprehensible, almighty, every way infinite, most holy, most wise, most free, most absolute, working all things according to the counsel of his own immutable and most righteous will for his own glory. Yeah. Most loving, gracious, merciful, long-suffering, abundant in, God, in goodness and truth, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin, the rewarder of them that diligently seek him and with most just and terrible in his judgments, hating all sin, and who will by no means clear the guilty. This is one of my favorite paragraphs in the whole 1689. Mm-hmm. But what does it say? That he is immutable, that he is unchanging. Right. This is who our God is. He is without passions. Right. This means that he is without affections or emotions as we have them. Like in a rational shifting sense. Right. So it's not like he moves like, oh, God is chill right now. And then bang, something happens. And now he's mad Mm -hmm. because he is eternal. He is righteousness. He is wrath. He is love. He is compassion. He has perfections, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't have affections like us. So then, and maybe I'm I'm going from a different like a, thinking of something different here, right? But I'm wondering about like what about Saul, right? Like the Old Testament, you know, it, it, he God chooses him, picks him, and then he says, "Oops." And the, and, well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he says "oops" per se, but I mean, I, I, oops, well, <laughs> oops, oops. That's it. it. That's Hebrew. exactly it. That's oops. exactly it. Thank you for clarifying that. I didn't understand the "oops," was, but now it, I got no, it with the Hebrew. Hebrew yes, yeah. got it. Um, but then he, he hates that, you know, like he doesn't want to be with him or even right. where, where, uh, God looks at mankind, the wickedness of man and says, uh, what does it say? It's say I regret. I regret? Yeah. Does, is that the word regret? I, I regret to... I made Saul King. I regret that I made man cause they're yeah. so jacked. Yeah. So how does that kind of play in, or am I going too? No, right? I think Maybe that's exactly. That's what we're talking about. Like, so, you know, God. You know, when you read scripture, sometimes he's described in ways that make him sound a lot like us. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. I think that's where we're talking about that, that, uh, anthropomorphism. Thank you. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was, I was thinking, I was like, yeah. Oh, man, so, I'm butcher um, this. anthropopacity. There's all kinds of, uh, variations. <laughs> Anthroseptics of that word. Is, is how uh, we're talking about. Uh, what? Anthropophoric. <laughs> <laughs> you even said it and I didn't have to say it, but so, I, I wanted to sound smart. The um, it don't matter. You are smart. You don't have to sound smart. Don't let people judge you because you yeah. don't know your words. Okay, so words mean uh, things. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, what, what we what we argue in the reform tradition is that 
Um, God is described to us in ways that we can understand. Yeah. And sometimes analogies are used, and sometimes he is described anthropopathically, right? So that um, he, we use human um, characteristics to describe him so that we can wrap our brains yeah. around him. Now, when it says, when God says, well, I regret that I did this or I regret that I did that, some people read that and they think like, okay, God is saying regret like I say it. Like, if I could go back, I wouldn't do that again. They're like, if I could go back in time, I would do it over and I would do it different. Yeah. That's how some people read that. Now, I, I don't think that's what it says. And in the Reformed tradition, we would say, well, no, that's not what God is saying. There can be a sense of grief, right, in God as, as we understand it, that, that he is grieved over sin and over evil and over idolatry. And um, he, he has this, this, you know, he doesn't experience it like we do, but it is nevertheless true. That doesn't mean that he would go back and do it differently. Yeah. But even then, what what most of us want to say is that well, they're they're describing how God is in a way that we can understand. So you know, God uh, regrets that he did this because of the the wickedness of man. What we really need to do, in my mind, is, is consider what we know about God as as he. So let me put it this way. There are passages that describe God in his character, yeah. and then there are passages that describe God in his actions. Mm-hmm. And I think those passages that tell us uh, who God is and, and, and what he is and how he is uh, helps us to understand those descriptive passages that talk about what God does. So, for example, in Numbers twenty three nineteen, God is not a man mm-hmm. that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. He has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Numbers twenty three nineteen is crystal clear. There is a contrast drawn between God and humanity. Mm-hmm. He doesn't lie. He doesn't repent. He doesn't change his mind. He is not like us. He is different from us in that way. So when there when and the contrast is clearly drawn, and we see that there is no variation or shifting shadow with God, when we see that He has decreed all things that come to pass, right? That He causes all things to work together for the good of those who love Him. That Jesus upholds all things by the word of His power. That God determines in Acts seventeen and in First uh, Samuel two, whether we're sick or born, whether we're uh, sick or, or, or ill, whether we're mm-hmm. where we're born, when we're born, uh, you know, whether we're rich or poor, uh, all of these things. We see God is sovereign over all of this. He has decreed these things. He's a God of providence, and He doesn't change. He is immutable. That that leads me in a place where I say, okay, if that's who God is, and then I see these passages talking about what God does, I need to understand those descriptions of what God is doing in light of those things that I think are more clear. So I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe that uh, those are um, anthropomorphisms, that God is described in human terms so that we can get a grasp on this infinite and eternal God. I don't think God changes his mind. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I don't think that we can change God's mind or that God changes his mind in relationship to our prayers. So then, then what's the point of praying, right? Then, then what's the point then? If God does not change, and God is not, his, God is sovereign in his, you know, his plan. He's sovereign in his planning, right. and it's perfect, right? Then what's the point of prayer? Well, you know what everybody says. Everybody in the Reformed tradition says is, well, look, uh, 
we pray because scripture tells us to in okay. Ephesians six 18, we're supposed to pray in the spirit on all occasions. In first Thessalonians five 17, we're told to pray continually or to pray without ceasing. Um, so we, we, we're commanded to, even if we don't understand the why and the how and mm-hmm. the benefits and what it works, it, it really shouldn't matter that much to us. We know we're supposed to pray because God calls us to pray. But I would also say that just because we may not change God's mind with prayer, there are things that do change with prayer. Don't you think that there are well, things I would say, that change? I would say we change. Right. Right. I mean, I, uh, I would say maybe when I say we change, I think we could change in, in our mentality right. of it. But I also say we're, we're strengthened in that. Mm-hmm. So that's a change, I think, for us. Like I think of uh, Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Right. But we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, right? Like there's a uh there's a there's an emboldening that that can occur right. uh as we come weak, as we come faithfully, as we come uh beseeching and and just grasping for the cloak of God. Exactly. Exactly. So that we we do change and this is this is important to us that um, you know, in fact, I mean, I think it's, I've heard a number of people say it, that, um, we're oftentimes praying for God to change our circumstances, but sometimes what we really need is for God to change us. Yeah. Um, and, and because, you know, we are oftentimes the, the, the real problem in the situation of our own experience, but, but not just that. I think that we do change as we're, pre- as we're praying, because when we're praying, what are we doing? Well, we are meditating on and reflecting on the, the character uh-huh. of God yep. as we express our needs to Him, so we are dependent upon Him to do what is in accordance with His nature. And, and as we're doing this, what we're essentially doing, is, as many of the Puritans argued, is when we are praying to God, we are preaching to ourselves. We are preaching His truth. We are preaching His promises as we plead with Him for grace. So I think that's good. So we, I agree, we can change, but I do believe that our circumstances do change as a result of prayer. But not as a result of our prayer alone. I don't think that our prayer has power in itself to change things. I think God is powerful, and mm-hmm. God changes situations and circumstances as we understand them and experience them. Yeah. So God's, but not not necessarily as He had already planned and ordained them to right. change. Right. What I would say is is that God's plan all along is that He would do X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. and that when we are praying with Him, He allows us to participate in His plan. Yeah. So like we get to participate in in this work of God in this particular direction. And for me that's very encouraging. It's very exciting to know that God has a plan. I I would rather know that God is sovereign and good and I cannot change his mind with prayer because his knowledge and his plan is better than my desire and my prayer. I would rather him yeah. be the one who is 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 ensuring that what is right will happen. And that I can't possibly mess that up. And I think there's freedom there, right? Like there's freedom in that prayer, knowing that because right. if, if it was based on my prayer, I think then I would be like, like Jesus talked about, don't be like the uh, the Gentiles or what do you say? What was the word he used? Babblers. Uh, yeah. The babblers. Yeah. yeah. Don't be like those babblers, just kind of endlessly trying to fluff it up. I feel I, I would be like that then. I got to make sure I get everything correct, everything right. Get get this that this prayer pleases God so that he would change it. So there's freedom then to be able to come to God uh, without pretense, without faking it, without thinking that if I mess this up, mm-hmm. this is going to screw up in the end. Right. right so right. There's, there's a real freedom to be able to come to God and say, I, I think this sucks. 
yeah. really don't like this. I don't, I don't, I don't understand why you're allowing this or why this is going on or what is happening in this circumstance. I mean, Joe knows there's been uh, this one kind of overarching or, you know, uh, I'm not sure overarching is the right word, but uh, we were even talking about before we were recording just this tension that that has been going on in my family for X number of years. Uh, and it's one thing like I've, I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed and then I've stopped praying and then I pray again. And, you know, it kind of ebbs and flows. Um, but there's a freedom that knowing that because God is sovereign and that God is good and that God is perfect, uh, that I have in, in crying out to God and even, uh, I don't want to say angrily, but like frustrated, right? Like, why, 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 uh, and not feeling that sense of like, well, one condemnation, because I, I have this. Uh, this confidence that I can draw near to God through prayer. Um, but there's also a freedom that I can, I can be me and not have to, if I won't make it worse right? by messing up the prayer. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, totally. Totally. I think that, that, that God, what we're saying here, well, first of all, what Jimmy and I are saying is, is that we do not change God's mind in prayer. Mm-hmm. Now in prayer, what we do is we get to draw near to God we depend upon God. We make our requests known to God. He answers them as he knows is best. And he is this sovereign, immortal, eternal, unchanging uh, God. Yeah. Um, and this for me is actually comforting. You know, like, because we sometimes we, we extrapolate this in such a way that we think, like, so God knows everything. Mm-hmm. So he knows what we're going to say before we say it. And we think about it like almost in just like computer terms, like, okay, God knows everything. So he knows what you're going to say before you say it. Yeah. But R.C. Sproul likens it more to like God knows everything with absolute certainty, but he likens it to how, how much R.C. loves his wife. He's like, I love my wife. Mm-hmm. R.C.'s like, yeah, that's my woman. And then he says, I don't know if he says I, like he that. He pretty much says that. Yeah. Pretty, don't I'm, argue I, I with think, me. I You're not, it, you don't know. Yeah. I, so, does prayer uh, change things, his booklet? He doesn't say it like that. Okay, but he goes, he's like, oh, yeah, that's my wife. And then he says, <laughs> I know her so well that sometimes I know what she's going to say before she says it. Yeah. And then when she says it, I'm like, yeah. It's kind of like, you know, you and. And you. Oh, Dude, yeah. you just finished my sentence. I know, I know. It's crazy, right? Oh, oh, oh man. We're so close. I, feel, I kind of feel like you like complete you. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, and everybody got uncomfortable. So, um, and, what, and jealous. They got uncomfortable and oh, jealous. Oh, of course. They, they ain't got the Jofo going on. So <laughs> The Jofo mojo. That's right. Oh, it's one of a kind. Can't be replicated. Can't be reproduced. R.C. says, like, I know my wife that well. Yeah. And so God knows us that well. It's not just, it is knowledge that is absolute, but it's also relational. Mm. He knows you that well. He knows what you're going to say. So when you say it, he's like, yeah, that's my kid. That's my son. That's my daughter. Like, I, I yeah. love this person. Um, there is a, a real sweet relational component here. So why do we pray? We pray because we're called to. We're, yeah. We pray because we need to. Because in the midst of prayer, what we are doing is we're crying out to God in accordance and and in a reliance upon the revelation mm-hmm. of God in Scripture. And in that, we receive His grace, right, as we're drawing near to Him yep. by faith. And God goes to work to do, yes, what He has already determined to yeah. do, but He allows us to play a part in that, to execute His will. And God does things. Our circumstances change. 
change. And like you said, Jimmy, we change even mm-hmm. more importantly, really for me, I need to change more than my circumstances. Amen. And God does not change because he's perfect. He doesn't need to change. God's perfect. What are you, what's wrong with you people? What? You think God needs to change his mind? God is perfect. Mm-hmm. You need to change your mind. You think God needs to change, he doesn't need to change his mind? He doesn't change. He's perfect. Yeah. He's not like us. He's not like us that he should lie, that he should repent. For me, that is comforting. What about the last purpose? What about, like, I, I wonder about, what about glorifying God in that? The purpose of prayer yeah. is to glorify God. Like, you're right. I, I, I think we, we're all on the same page. Uh, that it's it's a changing for us. It's a participation. It's it's relational. Uh, there there is a change in circumstances, but I think all this points to the glory of God. Just the fact that we have this freedom uh, to approach the throne mm-hmm. is 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 a I, in my head. It's a uh, it just makes God more glorious. It makes God more beautiful. It makes God more loving. It makes God more merciful. It makes God more forgiving. Um, yeah, I, I love this because think about, I love what you're saying because think about how prayer glorifies God. You know, you can, you can, you can go and, I mean, of course, you can pray without glorifying God. Yeah, but out of faith, just it's right, selfishly. Right, yeah. uh, like the Pharisee and the tax collector, Pharisees yes. like praying to himself like, oh Lord, I'm so grateful that you made me awesome and a baller, not like that mm-hmm. loser, like tax collector over there. Yeah. And the tax collector, of course, is the one who goes home justified and the Pharisee goes home damned. Um, I love it because prayer really demonstrates the glory of God because it is it is what it's nothing but a cry for mercy yeah it's all that it is that's God it. I can't do this I need you to do this that's yep. what prayer is God I must rely upon you it's prayer is a recognition that God is sovereign and good and that he it's it's, it's a humbling it's confession that he hears us why would a holy God hear you that's and right. me we are worthy we're corrupt and bankrupt and losers and yet God says no you have my ear because you are in my son and with my son, I am well. Like, this is awesome. Like, prayer in every way, implicitly and explicitly, does glorify God. Which then changes now, even for me. Like, I'm feeling convicted in my prayer life how empty it can be, how routine it can be, how, okay, I guess get through this so I can eat my meal. Right. You know what I mean? Let's, yeah. let's check this off. My I know. Oh, the kids routine. are watching. The kids are watching. The kids are watching. We, we gotta better pray. make sure. Yeah. All right. Holy okay. God, everybody, everybody, thou. Hold hands. Everybody hold hands. Yeah. Okay. Now, does your prayer rhyme when you do it at dinner? Uh, mine doesn't. I find that Elias, his does. Does he rap or does he rhyme? Uh, he does rhymes. he spit? No, he don't spit. No, okay. He don't spit. But yeah, right. he kind of rhymes with a bit. Yeah, of I like that. It's got a little bit of a... A little Baptist-y. Like, yep. uh, yeah, I like that. Oh, yeah. He gets all into it. All right. Very honest prayers. That's good. Thank you for orange juice. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. I love the orange oh, juice. Oh, it's so sweet. Thank you for them flowers outside. It's delicious. They smell good. Yeah. And then he's like... <laughs> then he, but I think he's also learning like, and thank you that daddy plays video games. And we'll play tonight. <laughs> <laughs> He's smart. He's smart. He knows what's going on. So I, th- I think this is good, man. I think what, what we need encouragement to do, because we can argue about these things. Yeah. And we have non-Calvinist friends and whatnot. Uh, we have different views on this stuff. But really, what we ought to be encouraged to do is, 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 to, is to what? Know that God is trustworthy. Yes. Know that God is in control. Know that God hears us. And 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 express our hearts to Him through the person and work of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and we we have His ear. He hears us and He knows us. And he loves. Like that's really we ought to be encouraged to pray for um for His glory for our good and to really play a part in in what He's doing. Big thanks to Justin Bond of J Bond Media, the audiovisual wizard of doctrine and devotion. If you have any audio, visual, photography needs, hit up jbondmedia.com.
and he will hook you up today. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. Uh. You can head on over to the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. Click on the sign-up page. Get on our email list. You can contact us there. You can hit up the store, grab some apparel or books or videos. All of that helps support the podcast and keep it going. What? Uh. What? You're waiting? Like, you have this look on your face. Uh. No, you Go. Look, no, you do look thing. Like, no, you you look angry. You look I'm like concentrated. I always look angry. What you look like you're on the toilet. Like no, angry. I always look like I'm on the toilet. That's my that's is my that resting Baptist face. That's yeah, your, that's your thing. That's my thing. You're, okay. Jen always like, why don't you smile more? Like I am smiling. That's how I look. <laughs> Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. Articles on Wednesday. Video content soon on Friday. Later. Later. Later.